Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, I got four words for you today. Scoff now, burn later. Mm-hmm. Listen, there's a lot going on in the world today. Let us come over here to Galatians chapter six real quick listen to this okay starting in verse seven do not be deceived god is not mocked he will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Amen. Verse nine. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. So then. While we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born again believers. Amen. Verse 11. See, Paul is saying, with what large letters letters 
I am writing to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression in public before the Jews try to compel you to be circumcised just so they will escape being persecuted for faithfulness to the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised Jews themselves do not really keep the law, but they want but they want to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. That is in the fact that they convince you to be circumcised. Amen. Beloved, there is so much that can be unpacked in this, in this passage alone. Scoffers, if they do not repent, if they do not turn from their wicked ways of rejecting biblical truths, they will perish. And then what makes matters worse, church leaders, all they truly, and I'm talking about apostates and just straight up charlatans, wolves in the pulpit, of which, of whom I should say, care absolutely nothing about your soul. These are hirelings. They didn't come through Jesus Christ. He did not send them. These are they who only care about the numbers. How many members do they have? How many cards they have of those who walk down the altar confessing Jesus Christ? filling out those membership cards because for them, all they care about is how many quote-unquote converts they had that week. And in that, they boast because that was going on even when, when Paul penned this letter. That's all they care about. So that is why today we are going to be looking at scoffing because God won't be mocked. Those who think and believe they are getting away with scoffing at the fact that Christ and his followers promised his return. And yet it is 2,000 plus years later and they are still scoffing at the return of Jesus. Mockers, let me assure you, his second coming is coming. He's delaying so you don't perish. So our text for today is found in 2 Peter chapter 3. Because mockers and scoffers will always say, so when is Jesus coming back? He's sure, he's sure taking a long time to come. Uh-huh. We know. Listen, two, two passages in the Bible say that in the last days, scoffers will come. We see this in 2 Peter 3, verse 3. 
and Jude 1 18 because both explain what that means. A scoffer in this context is one who mocks Christ, ridicules the things of God and opposes the gospel. Both Peter and Jude were writing warnings against false teachers who were intent on leading others astray. The word scoffer refers to one who denies the truths of scripture and entices others to go along with their error. Oh yes, scoffers have been present since the Garden of Eden, beloved. Look, Satan's first temptation of man was in the form of scoffing at God's command. Did God really say? Mm-hmm. We see this go down over there in Genesis 3.1. Scoffers dominated Noah's day. Study uh Study Genesis 6, 5 through 8 and Hebrews 11, 7. Because they left God with little choice but to destroy them, destroy them all and start over with Noah, the only righteous man on earth. Listen, scoffers refused to believe the word of the Lord and set themselves up as their own gods. Yes, even the psalmist warns against the digression that leads from casual association with wicked people to sitting in the seat of scoffers. Yes, beloved, study Psalm 1-1. Because when they sit in the seat of scoffers, embracing their worldview and sharing their faith, they're not going to make it, beloved. They're not going to make it. So, although scoffers have always been a part of this fallen world, Scripture tells us that as the day of the Lord draws nearer, the scoffing will increase because Peter describes these scoffers as following their own evil desires. And we are going, we are going to see this over there in 2 Peter 3, 3. Not only that, but they are questioning the second coming of the Lord. Listen, we all know, right? Thousands of years have passed since Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, promising to return for his faithful ones. Scoffers point out the last of time and mock those who still wait and yearn for his appearing. Uh-huh. So not only that, Jude describes the scoffers of the last days as people who follow ungodly desires and create division in the church. Listen, 
They may present themselves as church leaders, but they do not have the spirit. Amen. Check out verse 19 of Jude 1. Because Paul goes into more detail about the condition of the world before Jesus returns. Listen, he says over here in 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, treacherous, rash, conceited, mm, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Listen, having a form of godliness, but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. Amen. And guess what? Although we can apply this to wicked sinners, right? But he's talking about these false teachers. Yes, he is describing in the last days, their characteristics. And you would think he's talking about straight out sinners. Although it's applicable, but he's saying, because how we know, right, Holy Spirit, he's not talking about just straight out atheists when he says that they have a form of godliness. Now, we know sinners do not have a form of godliness. He's, ta he's talking about these false teachers and prophets. Yes, they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And he's telling us have absolutely nothing to do with such people. Yes. So as we pray, we will be reading out of Second Peter chapter 3. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we come before you today to tell you we love you. We lift up clean and holy hands, praising your holy name. Father, thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ washes away our sin. Thank you for teaching us and showing us the way to go. The way to eternal life, it is straight and it is narrow. Forgive us for any trespass that we have committed against you this day. Father, have mercy. Because as we look around the world today, as it is going to hell in a handbasket, you were right. You were right. When by Holy Spirit convey, convey this demise of these last days to Paul. And then we see Peter over here in Second Peter chapter three, 
warning us about how in these last days, as we see the dawn approaching, the revealing of Jesus Christ, scoffers are are going to be coming out of the woodwork, woodwork with all of their mockeration. Over here, Second Peter 3, starting in verse 3, this is all about the coming day of the Lord. First of all, know without any doubt that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking, following after their own human desires and saying, where is the promise of his coming? What has become of it? For ever since the fathers fell asleep in death, all things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. For they willingly, Father, forget the fact that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed by being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. Amen. Father, the world at large seem to have forgotten that you in times past destroyed the whole world except for one family by a flood in judgment. With that being the case, it's not too far to imagine that when Christ returns in flame and fire, he will take vengeance on them who know not God and who obey not the gospel. They shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. They seem to have forgotten that if you destroyed the world one time, it's not too far to imagine that the rate humanity is going, judgment is fastly approaching. And so here we see Peter laying that out. So, verse 8, nevertheless... Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay as though he is unable to act and is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Amen. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come 
Mm-hmm. Will come, Father, like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish with a mighty and thunderous roar, and the material elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and the works that are on it will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be in the meantime in holy behavior that is in a pattern of daily life that sets you apart as a believer and in godliness so father we see that since we know that the world will burn up in fervent heat in the meantime we ought to live Holy and godly. Verse 12. While you earnestly look for and await the coming of the day of God. For on this day the heavens will be destroyed by burning. And the material elements will melt with intense heat. But in accordance with his promise we expectantly await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. So beloved, since you are looking forward to these things, be diligent and make every effort to be found by him at his return spotless and blameless in peace. That is inwardly calm with a sense of spiritual well-being and confidence, having lived a life of obedience to him. And consider the patience of our Lord, his delay in judging and avenging wrongs as salvation that is allowing time for more to be saved. Amen. Father, you are telling us to consider your patience rather than mocking the delay, as the world says, of Jesus' return. They don't even know why he is delaying. It's for their benefit so that when they hear the gospel, all men everywhere comes to repentance. Instead of mocking, the world should be grateful that in your forbearance, you are delaying Christ's return so that all may be saved. Amen. Verse 16, speaking about these things as he does in all of his letters, in which there are some things that are difficult to understand. Peter is talking about Paul because Paul writes some difficult letters. So speaking about these things as he does in all of his letters, in which there are some things that are difficult to understand, which the untaught and unstable who have fallen into error, twist and misinterpret. Father, we see those apostates 
who have fallen away from Jesus Christ, they twist and misinterpret the scriptures just as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Verse 17, Therefore, let me warn you, beloved, knowing these things beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men who distort doctrine and fall from your own steadfastness of mind, knowledge, truth, and faith, but grow spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this understanding. We ask for wisdom today. Please give us more grace. Thank you for taking your time in the revealing of Jesus Christ so that all who are not in Christ that they may come to repentance, that they may put away all of their scoffing and mocking and wicked ways and turn back to you. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can have our sins forgiven. But if there is no repentance, then there will be no receiving of the free gift of salvation that we didn't earn, we don't deserve, but in your love, you demonstrated such great compassion on humanity that you sent the world a savior with the promise that whoever believes in Jesus, they shall not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. We give you honor. We give you reverence. Thank you for our salvation and redemption. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, when we read up there in verse four, where it says, they will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. So what does that mean? What does what does Second Peter 3, 4 mean? Because we saw in the previous verse, in verse 3, how Peter warned that false teachers among believers would be scoffers and mockers. Yes. These I can't say I can't say it enough on the podcast that we must know scripture for ourselves before we run up into these apostate churches thinking that if we don't fellowship there 
in brick and mortar that we will be damned and condemned to hell. No, beloved, these fakes twist scripture. We just read that Peter was explaining how Paul in his difficult letters explain this fact that they twist and distort doctrine. Not only that, they they do this for all of the scriptures to fit their agendas. It is not about pointing you to the cross. No, it is all about filthy lucre. And I know you claim your church is not like that. Beloved, you need to pray. You need to sincerely pray to God. Is that the place he wants you to fellowship when they knowingly twist scripture? When they knowingly point the scripture Twist it, misinterpret it so that you can continue to cough up your money under the threat that you are robbing God and therefore his curse is on you. Not only that, you are cursed if you forsake the assembling of yourselves. If you don't come to church, you're cursed. If you don't tithe 10% of your money to quote unquote God, because it's not going to God, beloved, it's going to the bishop and his lavish lifestyle. Make no mistake that if you don't tithe, you're under a curse. They are lying on God. Listen, true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ should not forsake fellowshipping with one another. However, it is not commanded by holy God that said fellowship must take place in someone's apostate church. I'm again, I'm not coming against believers coming together in fellowship, but why must we fellowship in spiritual error? If we know Churches are divided among themselves because they practice the schism. Why are we knowingly taking these temples? Because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Why would we sit up in any facility, any building, being taught distorted doctrine, twisting of the scriptures? Why? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's clearly another teaching and rant for another day. Beloved, in order to not participate in someone else's spiritual crime, we must know Jesus Christ for ourselves because he said that his sheep knows his voice. Jesus will never... Never tell anyone that they can stay in willful sin and still get to go to heaven. Never, never will he ever authorize sin. And guess what? Neither will the father. I know what the bishop said. 
He said that no one can pluck you, you who are in willful, blatant, knowing sin, that no one can pluck you out of Jesus' hand. But Jesus told us about the one who cannot ever, never, ever will be plucked out of his hand. It is the one who listens to him, follows him, and obeys him. That's the one he was referring to. So if you are a member of anybody's church and yet you are still in masturbation, still in fornication, still in idolatry, still lying and gossiping, still have anger and wrath issues, you are drinking like a drunkard, you are still in prostitution, you you take drugs to make you high, you're not going to make it, beloved. Mm-mm. That is not the one that Jesus was talking about. We need to repent. Come out of the madness and turn back to God. So, back over here. Back over here to 2 Peter 3, verse 4. Because up in verse 3, we saw Peter warning that false teachers among believers, they will be scoffers and mockers. Because here in verse 4, we see what they are, what they are mocking. And this is a daggone shame. It's a shame. That this is what's going on in the apostate churches. They are mocking the return of Christ. So you would think that these, these are sinners, right? Because they too do this. They say, well, hello, y'all Christians been talking about how Jesus is returning soon. Repent, repent. And time is marching on. Where he at? Mm-hmm. Because see, that's expected from the world, right? But in the church, supposedly, you got these quote-unquote pastors. These are whom Peter was saying that they, church leaders, are the ones mocking Christ's return. Listen, because even in his day, it was going on. According to the Bible, Jesus will return in glory to be revealed to all as Lord and to judge the people of the world. Right. We see this over there in John 14, 1 to 3. But guess what, beloved? False teachers dispute this claim. They do. Listen. The essence of this deceptive mocking is the claim that we know better than God. Because this is what they are saying. In, in essence, if they, are, if they are preaching that once you are saved, you are always saved. And what is tied into that damnable false doctrine is that 
You can mock God in his face because although the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and many other scriptures that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God and that also over there in Galatians 6, 7 that God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that and that alone is what he will reap. And that if we continue to sow to this nasty, stinking flesh, from the flesh, we will reap eternal destruction. And yet they teach a doctrine that goes against sound biblical teaching. They say, it don't matter how you live. As long as you make a profession with your mouth for Christ, then no man can snatch you out of his hand. Believing in Christ means obeying Christ. Yes, beloved, it's not only having a mental assent. Even the devil believes in Jesus. So we are not saying much about, well, I believe in Jesus, but how are you living? You are still living contrary to the word of God. Do you not know that Jesus says that all liars will have their part in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone? All murderers, all whoremongers, the abominable the homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God. Consider the truth of God's word. So in essence, when we stay up under these false teachers and their damnable doctrines of demons, we are too scoffing at the word of God. And the proof is in the pudding is because you refuse to come up out of willful blatant sin claiming that because Christ forgave you, you still get to stay in your sins anyway. Well, Jesus forgave me. Okay, glory be to God. Then why are you still in that adulterous remarriage? Why are you still masturbating to the porn you can't seem to give up? Why are you still smoking them cigarettes? Why are you still shooting and pushing dope? Why? Once we have been forgiven of our sins, we walk in obedience henceforth. Christ was absolutely clear. John 8, 11. Once he has forgiven you, his command is to go, comma, and sin no more. That's the pattern. Once condemnation is no longer there, he directs us now, thank you, Holy Spirit, in the way that we should go. And it is not in the way of wickedness, sin, and disobedience. He did not say, go and sin some more. 
Now that you've been forgiven, go for what you know. No, beloved. So the essence of this deceptive mocking, thinking that God is playing with that lake of fire and you call yourself a believer and worse yet, these teachers who claim to be the bishop and the pastor and the prophet and the apostle, these are they who teach that you can live and take God's grace as a license to sin as you live in these mortal bodies. Because after all, aren't we still sinners at heart? After all, Aren't we living in this fallen world because sin is all around us. Temptation is all around us. It's okay. Jesus knows your heart. Yes, he knows all about that heart because he tells us about that heart. They worship me with their mouths, but that heart, mm -hmm, the heart that they claim I'm in and knows about is far from me. Yeah, so these false teachers, okay, over here in 2 Peter 3, seem to be saying, Jesus promised he would come back, but that was too long ago. The world just keeps going on and on in the same way it always has. So, Jesus must not be coming back. Beloved, if this is your quote-unquote pastor's mindset, run. Grab your hat, grab your coat, and run. If this is your mindset, that, well, you know what? Jesus, I know what the Bible says, but he's been talking about coming back since forever. And he's not here yet. So let me do this dirt and then I, I will repent later. But what happens within the next 10 seconds? You drop dead. Beloved, we listen. Okay. Because we can blame these apostates, these wolves in sheep's clothing with their lying tongues and de destructive heresies all day. But at the end of the day, we and we alone will stand before Jesus on the day of judgment to give an account for how we lived as born again followers. Who was it? Paul talks about how we will, we will stand at the Bema seat to receive rewards, right? But some will lose rewards. They haven't lost their salvation, but they will lose rewards. And not only that, the, the, whole, the whole sad commentary, if you will, about it all is that they barely made it into the kingdom by the skins of their teeth. So this is nothing to play with. God is serious about the blood of Jesus and he is going to deal with the scoffers and the mockers. Listen, 
who is this? Peter pointed out a startling fact. I don't know if you all caught it, but he made it clear that God already destroyed the world. So it's not too far to imagine that he will destroy it again, not by water, but by fire. Listen, if A happened, B will happen just as well as A happened, if not more so, more so because we saw A already has happened. So we know the coming day of the Lord. Oh, it's coming. Listen, God is not confused. He does not make wolf tickets. If he say a thing, trust and believe it is going to go down exactly the way he said that it would. And and if you don't think so, keep living because you will eventually die or Jesus comes back and you will see with your own two eyeballs. Wow, he was right in flame and fire. Here comes Jesus doling out vengeance upon the wicked. And you're going to be like, wow. Yeah, I know. That's why you must be born again. Flesh and blood. You in that fallen sinful nature. In the flesh, as the Bible says, cannot inherit God's kingdom. You must be born again. You must be born again. And right, Holy Spirit. Also, how how we mock God's justice and righteousness and holiness is when we live contrary to the word Although we claim we are followers of Jesus, but we are not, in fact, following Jesus. We tend to follow the apostate bishop because we can see him. And what is tangible before us, we tend to gravitate toward that. So if the bishop and all of his jewels and fancy clothing and, and expensive cars tell you that if you give God money, then he's going to bless you. If you don't believe me, just look at my wealth. You too can have all of this. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, no one is becoming rich like the bishop. How is it that the bishop's bank account is swollen a hundred million dollars in cash i i'm not talking about assets like your house your cars and your lands and stocks and bonds no i'm talking about cash hard hard cold cash a hundred million dollars how well, because I stand in faith. Okay, well, I'm standing in big time faith too. <laughs> so, so how come you are the only one smiling to the bank? Every time I go to the bank, I'm counting pennies to make sure I got enough to cover the bills for the month. So how come I'm not smiling to the bank? I'm cry Look, I'm crying to the bank, Bishop. Well, if you if you have faith as big as a 
how how they love to twist it. No, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, then you too can believe God for all that he has stored up for you in heaven. All you got to do is just bring him money and he'll give it to you, pressed down, shaken together. Please don't get me started. Please, on that damnable prosperity gospel. Beloved, listen, if anyone teaches you that godliness is gain, get away from them. Paul was saying that if anyone preaches and teaches you that if you bring God money, that you will have favor and material blessings, that's not a man of God. That's a wolf. That's someone whose mind has been seared with a hot iron. They serve their own bellies. Okay. These are they who causes division and offenses. These are they who serve not our Lord and Master Jesus Christ, but their own bellies. Because with fine words and smooth and smooth speech, they beguile the simple, the unlearned. We who refused to go into the word of God for ourselves to show ourselves approved. We rather sit up under these apostates with all of their traditions of men and commandments, teaching that madness as doctrine, Rather than sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning his voice, allowing Holy Spirit to teach us what is true, because what the Holy Spirit teaches is never a lie. No, you can rest assured that when Holy Spirit teaches you, it's coming straight from heaven and not from the madness and the foolishness and the empty philosophies of, of corrupt men and women whose agenda is to depart you from your money, beloved. Listen, in these last days, we got to understand these will be the mockers and the scoffers. It's bad enough Preaching the gospel to a world who rejects Jesus, who hates God. And then we look at the church and you got these charlatans in the pulpits. These are the ones, who is this? Peter is warning who will come in the last days scoffing about when is Christ returning. And not only that, Paul is telling Timothy that in the last days, look at the characteristics of those who who have a form of godliness. They 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 put on their collars and robes. They they stand in these great magnificent sanctuaries. They hold a Bible in their hands, claiming they are reading and teaching from the Word of God, and they know. Bible language, 
oh, they are charismatic. They are prolific. These are downright Bible scholars. Oh, they can take you from Genesis to Revelation and make your head spin with all of the knowledge, head knowledge they have about scriptures, but they don't know the author of the scriptures. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because listen, Peter was talking about how these false teachers, right? They point back to the deaths, the falling asleep of the Jewish of the Jewish fathers or their ancestors. In other words, the men who made the prophecies about the return of Christ were long dead. This is what they are alluding to. Because they were like, yeah, well, ever since our father's been talking about this, about this coming. And so when Peter wrote these words, even some of the apostles who had predicted the return of Jesus were already passed away. So in our modern day, these predictions are even older. And the men who made them even longer dead. Yet the world keeps taking along in the way it always has. So for all of recorded history, the false teachers argue. The physical world has been operating in a normal, predictable, uniform way. And so... They say that as it has been going, it's going to continue. So this is why they teach all of these false doctrines that has absolutely nothing that lines up with the fact that Jesus Christ is coming and we must live lives in the meantime, holy and godly. But what it but what is it that they are teaching rather than that reality? Well, let's see. They teach about how you should be encouraged that how although you are in sin, don't worry about that, because you know what? We all sin. They make concessions for backsliding Christians. They teach that. Although we know, yeah, 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 we know one day Christ is coming. But in the meantime, live your best life now. They teach nine steps to your financial success. How, how to get God to bless you with everything you ever want. Rather than pointing the way to Jesus return and being ready for that, they focus on the here and now. Get all you can while you can. Because after all, Jesus wants you to have it. Aren't you not a king's kid? You deserve to live in the best, drive the best, have the best. You belong to Jesus. Therefore, all the riches of Abraham 
are now in Christ. So if you are in Christ, well, you too is entitled to all the gold, all the silver, all the crops, all the animals, everything that God blessed Abraham with. Well, you can have it in Christ. And so they waste your precious time with all of the twisting of the scriptures, how God wants you to be blessed. You will never be sick. You will be filled with his wisdom, not to write Holy Spirit, not filled with his wisdom to stay on the straight and narrow path, realizing the fear of God better be in your life because he ain't playing with that lake of fire Oh, no, no, no. To them, having the wisdom of God is so that he can give you clever inventions to be even more successful. How to get more contacts and contracts. For them, that's the wisdom of God. That God will give you in a dream or a vision how to become rich. And then, and then they will pull out all of all time scriptures. I mean, all time heroes of the faith and about how God gave them a dream and they were able to construct automobiles, hair care products, um, computers, telephones, what else? All, all of these modern day conventions came from born-again believers that they they went to bed broke as a joke, but they came away with a vision of wealth. And they wrote everything God told them to do down to the letter and they patented it. And next thing you know, we got major corporations that whose founder back in 17 whatever hundred Pave the way to have perpetual income. Beloved, please come out from amongst these charlatans. These are they that Peter is talking about. They are scoffing at Christ's return. So let us get into the word scoffer for a minute. Because the word translated scoffer means one who mocks, ridicules, or scorns the belief of another. Mm -hmm. In Hebrew, the word translated scoffer or mocker also means ambassador. So a scoffer is one who not only disagrees with an idea, but he or she also considers themselves an ambassador for the opposing idea. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Scoffers are everywhere. Some of them are friends, family members, co-workers, neighbors, strangers, atheists, you name it. They, These are they who reject God. They deny biblical truths. They love and follow their own desires and not God's will for their lives. Mm -hmm. Because the people, it, listen, 
The people in Noah's day scoffed at the idea of a flood. Why? It had never rained before. They couldn't even understand what was Noah screaming and preaching about. And not to mention the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah scoffed at the possibility of fire and brimstone destroying their sinful city. That's why Jesus said when he returns, okay, it's going to be just like it was in the days of Noah and Lot. Look at the scoffing. That was going on then. Well, Jesus says, you know what? It's going to be just like this. People will be going about their daily lives, buying and selling and drinking and marrying, giving into marriage, just doing them. And then here he comes cracking open up that firmament with a thunderous roar. Yeah, that would get people's attention. So for them, he's coming like a thief in the night. Why? Because they were not prepared for the thief. So they left their doors wide open, windows unlocked, not realizing, hello, thief is coming. But they were not prepared. Rather than living clean, holy lives, knowing that this day of Christ's return, however long it's taking, is going to come. Not only is it going to come, you just might die before then. Then what? Then what? Because whether Christ returns today or tomorrow, you just may die within the next 10 seconds. We don't know. Hebrews 9.27, as it is appointed once for man to die, and after this comes the judgment. So, like I was saying, the people in Noah's day, and in Lot's day, scoffed at the possibility of coming judgment. If they mock Noah and Lot, you and I too will be mocked for the gospel's sake. But beloved, listen, count it all joy that you are persecuted for righteousness sake. Great the Bible says, is your reward in heaven. Because in that whole chapter, chapter 3 of Second Peter, the scoffers referred to by Peter are those people who refuse to take the Bible serious. And these are they standing in the pulpit. Therefore, the goats, the tares, don't take the Bible serious as well. And we see this today. We know it is pagan day for the world, aka Christmas. And yet these, hold on. I got to pull something up that I wrote over there on Facebook. Hold on. Let me see. Right. I made a posting about 20 hours ago. I said, the hypocrisy of these so-called quote-unquote Christians will be astounding in 2023. Coming off the heels of this pagan holiday, 
we'll see the run of the mill hypocritical posts about how Jesus is their Lord. They can't live without him, yada, yada, yada. And yet did not stand with him against idolatry, a.k.a. Christ's mass. And so I said, y'all, a bunch of a bunch of hypocrites. That's right. I said it. Y'all worship him with your mouths. But that heart, that dark heart is far from him. Repent and stop the madness. Beloved, watch. Watch. After today is over with, after, let's say, after that pagan Valentine's Day, here everyone going to be talking about, oh, happy Easter. And we're like, didn't we just not exhort you all about Christmas? Because Christmas is all about taking merriment in the, in the, the, the crucifixion of Christ, not, not in honor, but in mockery. Study, do, do some, some research, beloved, behind these pagan holidays, because the false brethren will tell you, no, I'm not into the whole paganism of it all. I'm just here celebrating Christ's birth. That's the point. That's not the day that Christ was born. Yes, his birth changed the world. But the Bible does not tell us to at any time to, to celebrate his birth. Coming into the world when Christ came into the world, he didn't come in in celebratory fashion. He came to die. A horrific, bloodied, brutal, violent, torturous death on our behalf. Becoming the propitiation on our behalf. Laying down his life to be murdered so that we can be saved from God's wrath. Yes, God is sovereign. This is this was his whole plan from the beginning. And the way that in the fashion that Christ was murdered. It just only illustrated and highlight how men without Holy Spirit is wicked, cruel, mean, nasty. It was on full display when Christ was hanging on the cross, dying for our sins on the trumped up charge of blasphemy because he told the world who he was, the son of the living God, the Christ, the prophesied Messiah. Mm-hmm. And these are they who mocked Jesus then, religious leaders, because again, sinners are going to do what they do, right? We're talking about men of the cloth who, who claim 
They coming in God's name to teach the people. And yet they are they are leading them astray to become just as much as a child of hell as they are. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed from Jesus day, the apostles day and today. The madness continues. But you know what? It's finna come to an end. It's finna come to an end. Because listen, they not they not getting away with anything. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to get to these these scriptures about punishment. Yes, because we know God is love. And he demonstrated exactly who he is by sending us Jesus. It was love hanging up there on the cross over 2,000 years ago, dying for your sins. Jesus didn't die and, and suffered that way so that we can allow wolves in sheep's clothing to lead us from him and carry us off with them to the lake of fire because we refuse to know God for ourselves. You got to know Jesus for yourself. Not what the... See, I got to watch my mouth. Not... Not being taught a fake Jesus that's coming out of these apostate churches. Jesus told us about the false church system when he warns us over there in Matthew 24 that many will will come in his name claiming to be Christ, claiming to be the Messiah, deceiving many, even the elect. If it was possible, those of us who know the real Jesus Christ, it is not possible for us to be deceived. Why? Because we know the real Jesus and we obey him and follow his commandments. And he says that he will reveal himself to the one who hold to his word. Yes, he did. So. Proverbs nineteen twenty nine. Punishment is made for mockers and the backs of fools are made to be beaten. Proverbs 18, 6 to 7, a fool's words will bring strife and his mouth invites fighting. A fool's mouth is his unraveling and his lips entraps, entrap him. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 26, 3 to 5, a whip is for the horses, a bridle is for the donkey, a, br um, a rod is for the back of fools. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness or you will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his foolishness or he will think himself to be wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about how many times on social media where we see now we are called to love the brethren, right? And to rebuke with gentleness. When you have straight out false brethren, 
mockers who pretend they are sheep. And then they follow you, right? And Holy Spirit is like, mm, watch them. It's, it's, it's just you, you, you get this knowing. Uh-uh. That's a say that, that that's an agent of Satan. Keep watching. Little by little, they will reveal themselves. They they will claim, Amen. That's right. Amen. But then they can't help themselves because the devil that is in them will manifest. When you start preaching hard the gospel about judgment day, about repentance, if you don't turn, you're going to burn and you go hard with it. Here they come. Now, mind you, just a few posts ago. That's right. Amen. I agree. Yada, yada, yada. I guess for them, they think flattery is, is, is going to be our downfall. Beloved, this it's not my first rodeo. And by Holy Spirit, he, he gives me discernment. So I have to recognize when when he when when he starts pointing <clears throat> when he starts pointing certain ones out to me. And then <laughs> one day, like out of nowhere, but you know they will manifest. It's just a matter of time, right? He, here they go mocking judgment. So how we know judgment day is coming for all people. Like something to that effect. And I'm like, here we go. See, Holy Spirit already told me. And then and then when, when you tell them just that devil get off my page. Now, all of a sudden, no. I wasn't talking about that. I meant it this way. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. So, I was saying something before that. I tell you, y'all just keep, look, y'all just keep getting me off on these bunny trails. But listen, Isaiah 28, 22. But as for you, don't start mocking or your chains will become tighter for I have heard from the Lord of the heavenly armies about destruction and it is decreed against the whole land amen so all of these mockers okay what they don't understand is that we heard from heaven via Holy Spirit destruction is coming Judgment is coming. And yet, they think it's funny. They sit back and laugh. They sit back and, and throw their little pot shots. And worse yet, you got men and women standing in the pulpits defying God to condemn them. When they say, once you are saved, you are always saved. When the Bible is replete with scripture after scripture, that salvation is conditional because a person can and have walked away from Jesus. They have fallen from grace and went back out there into the world 
kicking their salvation in the corner. They left Jesus. So for the one who remains in Jesus, that one is the one to be saved, having enduring until the end. Not to the end of your sermon and then you do an unbiblical uh, altar call and the people come weeping and crying down the aisle, shake your hand, say some unbiblical, unscriptural sinner's prayer. That's not the end Jesus was talking about. He's talking about to the end of your life. If he don't return un until then, the end of your days when you draw your last breath or the end of the world, that's the one having stood all of the tests, the persecution, temptations. That's the one who listened, followed and obeyed Jesus all the way to the end of life. Or the end of this age. That's the one. That shall be saved. So. But as for you. Don't start mocking. Or your chains. Will become tighter. For I have heard. Isaiah said. From the Lord. He heard this from the Lord. And it is decreed. Against the whole land. Destruction. So. When we are. Crying aloud. And sparing nothing. That. God has made a way. For sinners. To be made right with him. To be in right standing. To have peace. Is to put their belief. In Jesus Christ. Turn. Have a change of mindset, turning from your wicked way of living and now living habitually in godliness and obedience going forward after that point, walking in obedience to Jesus. And so when we herald that message and people laugh in your face, and they say, but the Bible says that no one can pluck you out of your hand, out of Jesus' hand, uh, that even death can not separate you from Jesus. And on the back end of that, that because the whole teaching of one saved, always saved, its essence is held up. That you can take God's grace as a license to sin. That's what that teaching denotes. And so in closing, beloved, I, I, I think that that horse has been beaten to death. We know we got mockers around us. So how does the redeemed the righteous saints deal with sinful, scornful scoffers. Again, scripture is replete with examples of both the scoffer and the righteous. The book of Psalm opens with, Blessed is the one 
who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Amen. So here we read that there will always be those who mock Christ and his followers. But graciously, the Bible instructs us in dealing with them. So first, the psalmist acknowledges how quickly a godly person can fall prey to sin and those who have chosen to rebel against God. So the righteous thus must avoid associating with the wicked and the mockers. Instead, they must stay firmly rooted in God's word and in Jesus Christ and surround ourselves with other believers who walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. And so this is not to say that we must avoid all situations where there are non-believers or those who openly deny Christ and defy God because Jesus calls us to be salt and light in the world, right? We see this over there in Matthew 5, 15 to 16. We see Jesus engaging with unbelievers as he often did so that this can present itself with the preaching of the gospel. This could be another opportunity, but we must be ever so careful of regularly entrenching ourselves or entangling our lives with those who openly oppose the Lord, lest we fall victim to our own sinful nature. Beloved, I keep telling y'all on this podcast, the flesh is a bully. It is a contender. It's going to fight you. It wants what it wants. It don't want to live godly. It don't want to live holy. It wants to do unrighteous things, beloved. So, we have God's love, His amazing grace that was demonstrated toward us by transferring his own righteousness to us through the death and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God is sovereign. He has all of this in complete control. And those of saving faith have been cleansed by the blood of Christ and, and regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, notwithstanding, while we live in this world, 
we daily deal with the effects of sin and our fleshly desires. This we know. Although we may not outwardly claim there is no God or openly ridicule those who walk humbly before the Lord, we got to be careful because we may easily fall into the sin of following worldly wisdom instead of godly counsel. Yes, beloved, 1 Timothy 6.11 instructs us to walk in the way of righteousness. Flee from every evil. No, flee from evil and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness, lest we become no different from wicked scoffers who foolishly mock our Creator and His creation. Amen, beloved. It is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. He must be the centerpiece of our lives. And we should not join in with the scoffers who wants to mock about Jesus says he, he's coming where he at. We may not echo verbally those words, but our behavior can say the very same thing. When we walk in habitual practicing sin, we are in fact saying the exact same thing with the lives we live when it is steeped in sin. May that not be counted among you, believer. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for always warning us about the time in which we live and about the time that is to come. May we, as your children, walk in the ways that are straight and narrow. May we hold fast to the word of Jesus. But unless a man repents, he too shall all likewise perish. Father, we have so much to look forward to. Once the end of history is up, those of us who endure in faithfulness until the end, we shall inherit your kingdom. We shall see you face to face and enjoy our inheritance that has been laid up for us from the beginning of the world. Thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for all that you are doing for us. Thank you for the kingdom. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the precious shed blood of Jesus. Thank you for sending us Holy Spirit. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for being our God, our Lord, our Savior. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that even when we were sinners, Christ 
died for us. We are forever grateful for our salvation, and we shall live lives in gratitude for being saved. Bless your holy name, Father. And I pray that today's lesson brought you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Obey Jesus. Turn back to God. We will always have scoffers and mockers among us. Even those who claim the name of Jesus and yet only honor him with their mouths. But that heart is far from him. And worse yet, you have men and women in these pulpit pulling on you to trust in their ministry. All the while, they are shipwrecking your faith. They are leading you astray and they are mocking the soon return of Jesus. They are not preparing you to meet him. They are not pointing you to the cross. They are pointing to your money that when you give it up, God is going to bless you. Now, don't worry about the future because you are going to go to heaven anyway. They are not telling you to live clean and holy and righteous. No, beloved, do not be deceived. Bad company will always corrupt good morals and false teachers are bad company. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.